0: Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. The question is, what might a day look like when God says to us, well done? This is the third episode of a five-part series titled Men from the Arena, and this episode features Bob Young, the longtime Hall of Fame coach from the University of Sioux Falls. You know, Theodore Roosevelt delivered that speech better known as the man in the arena, and his words could well be referenced for a man like Coach Young. For a coach is a man who is most definitely in the arena. He is one who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause in spite of all the stumbles, errors, and shortcomings, where he oftentimes finds himself daring greatly and hoping, above all things, that those entrusted to him should learn and understand something greater than those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat.
1: You know, at my age, you're just glad to be online somewhere with somebody. And, you know, hopefully uh, there's some wisdom over the years of spending coaching that might I could pass on by I know the answer to the question at the end of the day, what would you call a success? It changes a lot from what I was when I first started coaching, because all you're thinking about then is winning and how can the team be better? How can we run a play better? How can the defense uh, cover something better? Uh, You're thinking all about the X's and O's and and, and helping the athletes develop physically uh, for that position that they're playing, but I think as you evolve into years of coaching, it's experience, all of a sudden you're, you still have that in mind. You want to get a better team. And that's what you originally set out to be as a winning team. And, but later on in life, a lot more that comes into play. And so my answer back in the first started would have been more team oriented and success oriented, where I think today be more of uh, what did I do to develop some of these young men uh, for the future? I don't
0: remember you being anything but about the guys. You were a coach that was always focused in on the guys and developing a relationship with your players and building a culture. And you wanted your guys to become good men, you know, good citizens, good husbands, good dads, you know, I mean, all those things. That's how I've always known you. I didn't really ever know you at a time when you were just kind of focused in on, you know, winning only. What do you think drove you to make that switch? That seminal moment, you just said, This is more important. Developing relationships with my players in the long run is going to be a lot more successful than just focusing in on how do I run a play better?
1: Well, in some cases, I think it's your own personality and God's given you gifts. And sometimes it takes us a while to kind of identify those gifts. I always kind of consider it as coaching as being one of those gifts. So what does that mean? Well, it means to live a life more like Christ would I think probably uh, some of that transition probably took place from the very first year I became the head coach at my high school down in Arizona. All of a sudden, you're taking over a, a big program. You know, we were the second largest school in the state. You kind of are scared to death, but then the verse that came to my mind was Philippians 4.13, and you've heard me say this many times, that I can do all things for Christ who strengthens me. And I just hung my hat on that as I started out coaching in high school and got really down to earth. I took the seniors and I sat down with them in my very first meeting with them and I just the seniors. I said, you realize this is my first head coaching job, you know, since way back. I said, I want what you guys want, you know, and I really, I really got next to those guys. That relationship that was built from the beginning there, uh, letting them know that it's you guys going to be on the field. It's up to you what's going to happen on the field. You guys will buy into it and have ownership and winning. And I remember at halftime, we were behind. We were playing the Mesa Westwood, I remember. And and uh, they were, I don't know, number two in the state or something like that. And it was so hot out there in Arizona, 110 degrees. Our guys were dying. And we went to the locker room, and it was nice and cool in the locker room. And I was thinking, boy, it'd be nice if we didn't have to go back out again. But those seniors started really buying into it. and It was amazing the transition that took place in the second half. And we went out and and won a game that we were not supposed to win. You know, I think it taught me something from the beginning, relational with your players and and admit that you don't know everything, that I will make mistakes and you'll have to accept that. I will accept your mistakes and you accept mine, you know, and and we need to develop that trust in each other. I think that that's kind of how it started out. I think from my standpoint of, uh, you know, of being a player's coach and uh, how you do that, I think is how you treat them. And I think how you treat them depends upon how you develop the relationship with them, starting way back, maybe when you recruited them, find out as much as you can about them. So when. The time comes up, you can talk to them about family or you can talk to them about something other than football, show personal interest in their lives and that the relationship continues to grow. So you're not just given that picture that I'm only interested in you being a, a player in a program. And once you're done with that, you're done, you know, and you want to have that relationship built so solid that uh, they develop ownership in the program themselves because they know you're really believing in them as as an individual. And I think at the end of the day, if you can look back and say, you know, I think we accomplished some of that today. We've Every player has a different need and every player has different backgrounds. I've learned over the years that you don't you don't treat everybody the same. I mean these guys are coming from different backgrounds they've got different levels of talent they've got different levels of success and I kind of admired it. rich Greeno. Uh, he didn't care if you could even hardly walk, but he was going to take you out in the track and, and develop you a little bit. He and I worked together quite a bit just watching somebody like him, has inspired me. And if you can get under a good coaching staff, you know, to me, you kind of see what they do and how they operate. And you don't have to be them, but you pick up things from them. A lot of it is how do they gain respect for the athletes? So the athletes themselves believe in them as a, as a uh, person who they can trust. And uh, I think if there's one thing, uh, respect and trust within a program if a coach can get that i think uh, over the years it sometimes it takes years to, to develop that in a, in a program and i feel like i was always willing to stay in program long enough to be able to develop that within the program and in the early stages you use the term transactional coach uh, you're kind of the boss Uh you're kind of the guy you do it my way or the highway you know that is a way to uh i think destroy a program and lose confidence and in your athletes but i would rather think of myself being a transformational coach where i can transform the life of an individual by the way i treat them uh, the relationship i developed developed with them by getting to know them personally when you look back on it uh instead of just one day maybe but look at a season and see how much progress you've made toward that that goal myself
0: but i i remember when you got to USF, it seemed to me that, I mean, USF had, had won a little bit under Dave Schrader. And then you came in, and in your time period, you were able to, I mean, USF has become a winner because all the way around. I mean, you made people, I don't want to say made, you brought people on a journey where they learned that they could win. Begin to see from the president on down, you brought everybody along. I mean, by the time you left, Bob, that place was a, a powerhouse. You'd built a dynasty and it was smoking.
1: You know, when I took the job at USF, I knew that they didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, if you're going to take a job and do your best with the situation that you've been given, you know, uh, you know, when you read the Bible and you study uh, different characters in the Bible, you know, you think about, you know, some of them that If you look at it today, they would have never been God's man. But yet Moses, when he accepted the challenge, you know, and he wasn't a perfect individual and really struggled. Uh, David, he, he had his time. God uses imperfect people. I never really felt that I was a good athlete. I mean, I worked hard at it. I was a farm boy and I was strong because I did a lot of farm work, And but I wasn't gifted with size and speed. And I always felt like uh, I'll be uh, inadequate, but faithful. I mean, I may not be the strongest. I may not be the best coach, but I'll be faithful to the gift that God has given to me in the coaching profession and accept where you're at and, and then take the program as far as you can. And I think it has been good about that is not so much that it benefited me and getting jobs, but you look at all the ones that went on and even you think about your career and how that you evolved into a into a division one program you know and and I look at you know some of the other coaches and how successful they've been and everything but I look at Kalen DeBoer to start down at the level where we were but it was because of the success that was built into his system into his mentality and everything and, and then Chuck Morrell going with him and I just I probably one thing I left out was the influence that I had through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes because that just was, I was blessed to have that start uh, at a point in my career when I was just getting started because. FCA was pretty new, 57 and 58, and yet it was the man that came in from FCA that taught me about uh, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and having that relationship develop further into relationship with each other. And I think that was a blessing that, and then key people like Roger Fredrickson, uh, who was the pastor there, he brought the FCA in and, and just did a lot to influence uh, athletes on campus. So.
0: Bob Young was inducted into the NEI Hall of Fame after turning a college program with a lifetime .276 winning percentage into a national powerhouse. His teams won 13 conference titles. Six times his teams finished undefeated and his teams held winning streaks of 27 and 34 games respectively. Ten times his team reached the national playoffs including nine of his last 11 years at the helm. His 1996 team won the NEI National Championship after playing through a season where they didn't even have a home field to play on. And his team was runner up in 2001. He was twice named Phoenix High School Coach of the Year during his reign at Maryvale High School in Arizona, and was named Conference Coach of the Year eight times while at the University of Sioux Falls. Overall, in high school and college, Coach Young owns a 244-year-old. 92 and 8 record while remaining the all-time winningest coach at the University of Sioux Falls with 174 wins yet his greatest achievement is better found through his can-do spirit which impacted the lives of the men he coached and the simple fact that he preached the gospel coach was right when he said there was some wisdom here I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ain't it so? This is getting Grit signing off. I hope you'll come see us next week when we hear from Steve Ryan, head coach at Morningside College.
1: Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.